Across the UK, online and on DAB. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. We are live once more for Westminster's College Green on Britain's Day of Destiny. This is the day when we cast off the yoke of European federalism, when we begin a new day as an independent nation born of sovereign decisions. A day when we reacquaint ourselves with setting our own agenda and running our country the way we want to. This is a great... Oh, hang on. Hang on a second. I'm hearing the Brexit alarm, which means we may have to check in with the Brexit countdown clock uh, to see how close we are getting uh, to nothing happening. Let's have a listen. So I thought this was the day of destiny. It turns out it isn't the day of destiny. All right, we better reshoot it. Across the the UK, online and on DAB. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. We're live once more from Westminster's College Green on the day that was meant to be the day we left the European Union. But guess what? Theresa May has not only lost control of the ball, she's lost control of her party, she's lost control of the Parliament, and she's now lost control of our future, the one that we voted for. Whatever happens this afternoon when MPs vote again on her Brexit withdrawal agreement, we are stuck in a vortex of doom forever. It seems that way to me anyway. 0344 499 1000. We're going to be talking to a whole host of people, some of whom think uh, we should be voting with Theresa May's deal, some of whom think we should never vote for Theresa May's deal, some of whom think we should never leave the European Union at all. 0344 499 1000, despite a host of MPs, pundits, experts and various observers, the most important people that we want to hear from, of course, are you, the citizens of the independent republic, where we would never turn on you the way that this government has turned on you, where we would never betray a vote the way that this government has betrayed a vote, where we would absolutely honour whatever it was that you decided that you wanted to do about your own future 0344 499 1000 you're listening to me Mike Graham right here on talk radio live from Westminster where there is still nothing happening the fallout the fury the future the independent republic of Mike Graham live from Westminster order on talk radio now, we might as well get straight to it because I'm joined in the glorious, blistering sunshine down here, not only by a whole host of UKIP flags, but by uh, Tory MP Andrew Bridgen uh, from, of course, uh, Leicestershire, northwest Leicestershire, I should say. Andrew, very good morning to you. Welcome to the Tent of Shame. Good morning, Mike. Now, we're slightly outside the Tent of Shame today because the weather is lovely. It would be a great day, would it not, to set sail on a new adventure, uh, casting off the yoke of uh, European federalism and sailing off into the sunset, uh, happy that we were now going to determine our own futures. But sadly, that ain't what's going on. I don't think it would have been a sunset. I think it would have been a, the dawn of a new age of a global Britain. Well, I think spanning, I managed to get spanning dawn and world. sunset into the same uh, sentence, actually. unfortunately. Yes. But there we are. Yes. But why have we got to this stage and how the hell do we get out of it? We've had uh, poor leadership, bad negotiating and allowing the European Union to write the withdrawal agreement, which they've completely stitched up. And I think when you've got one-sided negotiations where uh, one side's very poor, um, obviously if a deal's too good to be true, and the EU, I think this deal is absolutely fantastic, um, the risk always is that 
it, it won't get ratified. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem. The, the withdrawal agreement is so onerous on the UK. Uh, if we sign up to it, I mean, it's not a withdrawal agreement. It's, it's a staying in agreement. And today's version of it, without the uh, political declaration, which is the political declaration is uh, lays out uh, non-legally binding, but the, the future framework for negotiation of a future relationship after the withdrawal agreement. The withdrawal agreement is actually a treaty between the UK and the EU. And without that future partnership, there's, you know, there's almost no chance ever of getting out of the backstop. So all, all it is is a treaty where it says we go into transition for two years, where we basically stay in the European Union but have no MEPs and no representation, carry on paying in. That's extendable to four years. And after that, we go into the so-called backstop, where we basically don't pay anything for being in the European Union, but we're still under their laws. And uh, obviously creates a separate situation for Northern Ireland, effectively partitioning that off, remaining in the single market, the customs union, uh, in perpetuity. And for me, when we've already paid over in the withdrawal agreement the £39 billion so-called divorce bill, we're paying £10-12 net each year in transition. There's nothing better for the EU. There's no, we've got no incentive for us to have a free trade deal. The last thing they want is us trading with the rest of the world because we'll be buying less goods from them. So we'll be no competition. We're no, uh, we're no threat to them. We're a captive market for their goods if they lock us in the backstop. And in perpetuity. In perpetuity. We'd go into the next election, whenever that is, if we sign this deal, where for the first time in our nation's history, a huge proportion of our laws will be made by a foreign power imposed upon us without representation in perpetuity. That doesn't sound like taking back control to me. It doesn't really, no. But, of course, the Labour Party have been telling me anyway, and whether they are being honest about this, I don't know, but they've been telling me that the, one of the reasons they will not sign up to Theresa May's deal is because, basically, uh, they believe that what it means then is that she will leave and the next leader of the Conservative Party will be able to come in and renegotiate the withdrawal agreement and renegotiate uh, the political future. And so, therefore, they don't see it as being locked in perpetuity. They see it as something that can be changed by the next Tory administration. I wish that were true, and I'd like to think, but I'm not convinced, that there's any uh, Prime Minister in waiting of, of any colour who's going to get us out of this withdrawal agreement. I think the EU knew they were onto a, a real winner negotiating with Theresa May, yeah. and so the withdrawal agreement puts so many strictures on, our, on what we can do once we've signed it, they know that it's hardly likely the next Prime Minister, or we will have a Prime Minister one day who's strong enough to take on the European Union. Well, the truth is we're a nation that don't break treaties. We'll have signed a treaty. It's legally binding. binds future governments. And there's nothing the next Prime Minister will be able to do. Unless you're going to have, I think we're going to have a Trumpian type Prime Minister who's going to sit there just and just tears everything, tears up. everything up. Well, I mean, there might not be such a bad idea because the European Union have completely and utterly kind of snookered everybody in the room, haven't they? They've made it impossible, really, for Theresa May uh, to do anything other than to end up where she is. Uh, they've made it impossible for anyone to do a deal with them which is at the behest of, of, of the British people rather than the European Commission. And they've basically locked Britain in to a deal which they can never get out of. And, Absol and, they've, absolutely. and they've done it. I mean, we had Stuart Jackson on here yesterday who said he's not a conspiracy theorist by his own admission, but he said this was a deal forged in Berlin, passed to Brussels, and then handed to Theresa May uh, for her to sort of say, uh, yeah, I'll do that. That'll be fine. Well, even the government admit that you know, the whole withdrawal agreement was drawn up by, by the other side, by yeah. Brussels. It w wasn't drawn up in Westminster. And, you know, for weeks, <coughs> people have been saying, vote for the deal and Theresa May will go. And now she's confirmed that she will go. But, let's but that hasn't actually improved the deal, has it? It doesn't improve the deal. But also, I, I agree with the analysis that the negotiations and the deal is so bad that the Prime Minister should resign. But in what way does 
a deal that's so bad that this forced the Prime Minister to have to resign, why, why would I want to vote for that? Well, indeed. I mean, it still seems to be the most unpopular deal out there. It's not liked by well, people well, on the right side of the Tory party who want a hard Brexit. It's not liked by the Labour Party. Well, it's not a hard Brexit. That's a real Brexit, a clean Brexit. It's the only Brexit there is. Well, that, we've that, got a new one now, and we've got blindfold Brexit, which is Jeremy Corbyn's latest line. Well, that's because they've taken the future partnership up. But what you've just said about the Labour Party's position, that they won't vote for this deal not because it's a bad deal, but because they're scared of a better Conservative leader coming along and finishing the Labour Party off what's left of it, that shows what our politics has descended to. The Labour Party for a long time, well, since the referendum, since the, since the general election really, where they, they promised they'd respect the result, they've been moving to remain. They've got all options open, trying to actually pin the Labour Party down on the biggest issue facing our country, Brexit and how we deal with it, is like trying to bock bottle fog to yeah, get hold of well their policy. Yeah, or juggling eels or something like that. They, want, know, they want to be all things to all people, don't they? They do, and they've said that they want to keep everything on the table, they don't want to make a choice about anything, and they want to make sure that all of their stakeholders take a view uh, so that they can know what it is that they want to go for. I mean, whatever happened to leadership? Do we actually have any in this country? Well, I think at a time when we needed um, we needed a Churchill, we've got Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn. Yes. And, and I think the EU have completely exploited that. We've got a you know a parliament that's that's divided and uh, a minority government effectively with the rebels. And um, the EU have, have seen our weakness, and you can't blame them for exploiting it. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a sad uh, indictment. Of well, it is. And a lot of people are expressing to me on social media this morning that they're having a very sad day. They're having a very sad morning. But what is the answer, Andrew? Because at the end of the day, uh, we're being told this morning that the vote might be closer than everybody thinks. There may be some more Labour MPs coming across as rebels who will vote with Theresa May's deal. Obviously, you won't. But some members of the ERG have already said that they will. What's your view of well, the actual mathematics involved? Well, we're expecting the vote around 230 this afternoon. Uh, there's an ERG meeting at 1.30. I think it's going to be fascinating. Um, yeah, well it, well, it is for every MP to look at the risks of there is a risk that we will not have Brexit. I think that's outweighed by the certainty that we're never going to get Brexit if we're going to the withdrawal agreement. So would you want a chance or a certainty? So you're willing to give up the opportunity to take a Brexit, even though it might be one that you don't like or you'll categorise well, well, as, well, as not a Brexit I, I, at all? Well, if we sign to this withdrawal agreement, I can see a situation where we'll say, well, we want to have a free trade deal. They'll say, well, Canada took seven years and we're not doing anything this year because we've got our elections, so that'll be eight years. Uh, and you want super And what happens in the meantime? Uh, well, well, what we'll be is we'll be four years in, in the transition where we're paying in and under their laws with no representation. Then we'll go into the backstop where we're not paying in, but we're under their laws with no representation. So you're talking, then it'll be 13, 14 years after the referendum, and they'll say, we won't be out. And all that time, you're going to have those Ramonas down the road up to Millbank Tower pumping money into a campaign saying, let's have a second referendum. Yeah. This isn't really very good. Because nobody likes it. Because well, it, no one's going to like it. Because we actually haven't left. And have what we? happens to trade in that situation then? Do we stick with what we have now? I mean, what happens? Well, we, well, the EU do not want us to have an independent trade policy because they've got a 95 billion euro a year uh, surplus with us. We buy a lot more from them. And obviously, those are the tariff to goods that uh, are paying too much for in this country. We could buy cheap around the world with mm. the same quality. Um, they're never going to allow us to do that. The European Union is on the verge of, of, uh, of bankruptcy again. Uh, they only stopped uh, quantitative easing in November. And three months later, Italy's in recession, Germany's got no growth, and France is going into recession. So they've had to start creating money again to support the euro. This is never going to last. 
If we can get away from the European Union, when it explodes, the further we are from the explosion, we'll, the better we'll be. And it's not working out too well for them uh, in their expansionist plans, even though we know that they'd like to continue to expand. But Poland, uh, they've got a problem with. Hungary, they've got a massive problem with. Some of the other Eastern European countries are going to go along with Hungary. Uh, they're not happy about their refugee policy. They're not happy about their immigration, their freedom of movement. They're not happy about their financial um, uh, sort of security. And you're quite right. I mean, there is these people who keep telling us about this wonderful project and why we don't want to leave it, you know, I don't think Theresa May has been good enough at telling everyone that actually the reality is that the, the, the European Union as a construct is worse now than it's ever been. And of course, you know, um, Nick Clegg said before the referendum when we pointed out that the European Union wanted to have its own army. Yeah. Uh, that was all scaremongering oh, and, yes. and ludicrous. But yeah. I mean, now you hear it from the mouth of uh, Macron and Merkel mm. saying, let's get on with it and form this European army. Well, I've been well, saying to we, people... If, if we hand over our armed forces, no country can be sovereign that doesn't have control of its own armed forces. Well, I've been saying to everyone that's been sitting where you're sitting this week, you know, if you want to tell us exactly why you think there needs to be a proper explanation of what leaving means, then I'd like a proper explanation of what remaining means. Because remaining also means... Further expansionist policies, further federalisation of the European Union, less control for any individual country, more control for Brussels, but we don't hear that either. No, uh, there was never an option of the status quo staying as we are, it, because the European Union is on a federalist, integrationist uh, trajectory for a United States of Europe, and that was never, ever part of what we wanted to be, and we were never going to join the Euro. Thank goodness for that. Um, so we were never going to be a full member of the, of the that project. That was also going to be a horrendous mistake if we didn't join the Euro, I seem to remember. Well, the same people, wasn't it? The t I, mean, I did laugh when I saw the TUC and the CBI came out <laughs> for a joint statement the other day saying, we can't have no deal, it's, it's a cliff edge. Yeah. And these are exactly the same pairing that came out 20 years ago and told us if we didn't join the Euro, it would be the end of our economy. Well, they think it's still the 1970s, I think, in the CBI and the TUC, yeah. don't they? I mean, they haven't actually moved with the times at all. But let's face it, Andrew, you are currently more of an isolated figure perhaps than you've ever been in this whole in, uh, in a negotiation well, process. At the, at the end of the day, it is for every MP to look, uh, look, at, the, look at the risks. And at the end of the day, they've got to better look themselves in the mirror. And more importantly, they're going to have to look their constituents in the eye at some point when we have a general election. And I don't think that's that far away, to be honest, and justify how they voted. Now, I am not going to sign up to something which, if we signed up to this today, or we're leaving the European, there'll be... There'll be an outcry of relief across the country but it'd be very short term because when the people realised in six months time what we'd actually signed them into which is vassalage you know taking our laws from Brussels with no say in it whatsoever paying it over a huge amount of money for nothing there'll be huge anger and it's a treaty we'll never get out of it I'm not having my name on that side of history it could well be that if this vote goes down though for Theresa May and she doesn't win it today that there will be uh, carnage, there will be a general election caused, uh, called, which will also be ridiculously um, sort of unplanned and very difficult to organise and very difficult for people to decide which way to vote as well because you haven't got two uh, binary choices, as it were, between staying in and leaving. You've got a Labour Party who don't know what to do and the Tory Party who can't decide. Well, what I think we need to do is we need a new Prime Minister as soon as possible. I think we're going to end up in a stalemate situation going into the uh, 12th of April. If the Prime Minister had any guts and wanted a real legacy, she'd take us out with no deal on the 12th of April. The government spent £4.2 billion of your money, taxpayers' money, uh, preparing for no deal. There's 9,000 civil servants have been working on this. We've told business to prepare for no deal and leaving the European Union. They've got stock in warehouses at huge cost. The, country's, the country is prepared, the EU's prepared. We can immediately leave, we can offer them, the day before we leave, the moment before we leave, a one-page sheet, which is already drawn up, which allows us to go on GATT24, 
the uh, General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade, Article 24, which says that we're going to go into detailed discussions for a free trade deal with the European Union and we'll have tariff-free, quota-free trade for up to 10 years while we carry out that, uh, those negotiations. That is absolutely fantastic. It doesn't cost us anything. The EU will go for that because they need us because we're the, we're the biggest market. 17% of all EU exports will come to the UK if we can actually get out. Mm. Well, I was watching Question Time last night, which was as awful as it always is, but there was one good point that was made by somebody uh, who said that it's like a game of chicken at the moment where the cars are actually slowing down and they're getting closer and closer to each other, but they're never actually going to hit each other because nobody wants to do it. But if somebody has had the courage uh, to take control of that car and do what it is that is necessary, then we would, and I think you're absolutely right. I think and no I'll, deal I'll, I'll, now is the only way forward. It's the only clean way out. And, and also, I've said to colleagues who are now going to back the withdrawal agreement because they're scared that there's such a majority in here that it'll dilute Brexit to a customs union or whatever else. Well, what you have to remember is, if you pass the withdrawal agreement, then the bill comes, well, that can be amended. And all those people who want a customs union or a softer Brexit, not going away, mm. they will put amendments down. If they've got a majority, they'll amend the withdrawal agreement to a customs union anyway. The only clean way to get out is is so-called no deal, a managed no deal, because there's no bill, there's nothing to amend. Yeah. Therefore, we just get out of and the European Union. And everything can still be negotiated in the same way as, as ever. Andrew, it's going to be a fascinating day. Thank you so much for kicking us off, because Andrew Bridgen is a man, unlike many men who sit in this tent of shame, uh, who has actually had the same principled argument all the way through. You haven't actually changed your mind. Well, I, was, I, got, uh, I got into politics 20 years ago when I was in business, because I backed the, um, the Business for Sterling and the No campaign to keep us out of the Euro. Right. And you're still there. <laughs> you're still there. Nothing's changed. Absolutely my right. Andrew, thank you very much indeed. We want to hear from you on this, of course, as well. 0344-499-1000. We are here. It is an historic day. Not quite as historic as you thought it was going to be, because we're not leaving at 11 o'clock tonight. But for heaven's sake, we've got to leave soon, haven't we? This is Talk Radio. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are live once again in Westminster. We are in the Tent of Shame on College Green. In fact, we're outside the Tent of Shame because the sun is shining, the sky is blue. Uh, if only everything else was so straightforward because it doesn't really seem to be. Uh, we've got a vote coming up at 2.30 this afternoon. Right now, as we speak, Theresa May, the Prime Minister, and her cohorts are doing their level best to try and persuade as many people as possible, including Labour MPs, of course, uh, and their own uh, Tory uh, ERG types, to vote with the government to try and get this deal through uh, to see whether we can, in fact, to make some movement towards leaving the European Union. I've got a few uh, tweets to read out to you, though. We just had Andrew Bridgen on, who is very much not on the side of voting for it. He says it is not a withdrawal agreement. It does not mean leaving the European Union at all. Uh, Paul says, wow, doesn't Andrew Bridgen talk sense? A politician who has actually had a job and understands the relevant fiscal matters that seem beyond the comprehension of most sitting MPs. Stu says, like Andrew said, it would be so easy if we just left on WTO terms, but MPs have made a complete mess of it. I feel like they've done this on purpose just to hinder Brexit from ever happening. They should be ashamed of themselves for the way that they have acted. Uh, and Abby Cat says, as a Leave voter, I agree with your description of the EU and Theresa May's treaty. We cannot allow this to be accepted or we end up as vassals in the sinking ship the EU will become. No deal Brexit is the only true way to leave now. Well, let's move that uh, argument forward because we have now uh, a man who is going to vote with Theresa May's deal this afternoon. He is Paul Scully, uh, Tory MP for Sutton and Cheam, of course, uh, and he uh, has been a supporter of the Theresa May deal from the beginning. Uh, 
Uh, Paul, very good morning, morning to you. Welcome. Morning. So, uh, we've had Andrew Bridge in here making a very sort of impassioned speech about why he doesn't believe that this deal is worth the paper it's not written on. Um, how can you uh, tell us that it is? Well, look, my definition of uh, vassalage is to uh, actually not be able to get off your backside and get out the cell door while the door's actually open. I mean, like it's there, we, we, we have the prize right in front of us, because what it actually does... For me that campaigned and voted to leave, it means that we stop paying the mem big membership fees every year. It means that we stop freedom of movement, we leave the political institutions and we start doing our trade deals. Yeah, it's imperfect, but that's for the next bit of talks. What this does, by getting this through and actually getting out now, it stops all the talk about second referendum. It talks, stops all the talk about revoking Article 50 in its entirety. So those people will then have to come on board and start debating the future relationship. And so we can concentrate our efforts on that and perfecting the bit. Uh, that, but that wouldn't Andrew No Deal also about. do that? So why wouldn't it's you just, just go for happen. No Deal? It's not going to happen. I voted in the indicative votes. I voted for No Deal. I also voted for the managed No Deal pr process right. as well. But that just shows the, pr the problem with that indicative process with Parliament supposedly taking control. You know, as someone tweeted yesterday, Parliament Earth, you know, wanted to have its say. It turns out it had nothing to say. Well, indeed, it I mean, they took control everything. of absolutely nothing, which is what I said on the day before they took control. The day after they took control, they produced absolutely nothing, and all they told us that they were willing to support was uh, absolutely in no way did they want to leave the European Union under any circumstances that were before them, and under no circumstances did they want to remain in the European yeah, Union exactly. as well. So it was a complete and utter mishmash, a complete kiboshed idea oh, sure. uh, of, of, of everything. But surely the point is that if um, the Labour Party are now worried that the process might be hijacked part two of the process i mean if this deal goes through which is why they won't vote for it and some tories believe that it will be hijacked in the opposite direction to make it more of a customs union type scenario then also this doesn't really p please everybody either does it uh, no uh, it's, it, i mean it is difficult it's that there's a there is that tension but i i can see and i because well, you can see what's happening in parliament is and the the remain element of parliament which is the vast majority has it parliamentary procedure by the throat andrew and his and the colleagues that are digging in for a perfect Brexit that just doesn't exist are getting outfoxed every single time. Well, they're time. not saying it doesn't exist. They're saying that as a no-deal scenario, it no, does exist. But it doesn't exist because it's just not going to happen. Well, I mean, it's, like, just you know, not, yeah, to, it's just not going to happen. Is it, someone, not, is someone it not just not going to happen because of the fact, as you quite rightly named them all, as Remainer MPs? Yeah. That can't be oh, right. Sure. Well, no, that can't sure. be right, can it? Well, it, it can because they've got the majority and they were, they've been elected in. I mean, you know, I just deal with things in, 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 in front of me, basically. You talk, someone talked about having a proper job. I've run small businesses for 25 years. Just give me a problem, let me see if I can add value or solve the problem. There are lots and of people who, th so who think I've got a proper job, but I always tell them <laughs> I haven't, so you, know, you don't have to listen to me. Well, either. exactly. But, you know, if, <laughs> two years ago, if we'd, if, we'd apply, if we'd approached it differently, then maybe we'd have, we'd have been in a different situation now. If we hadn't have had that sequencing, we wouldn't have needed that mm. political declaration. The backstop shouldn't have been as big an issue as it, as, as it was. But we are where we are. All I'm doing uh, by looking at this, I'm just asking Andrew and other people to say, you know what? Yeah, no. I know you want no deal. It's just not going to happen. You, you, you're chasing something that's not going to happen. So actually, what you're, what you're going to be leaving with is either a customs union, which really is not leaving. It's far, far worse than uh, Andrew believes the prime minister's deal to be. Uh, or a second referendum, which is as good as remaining. Frankly. But can you can you make a promise to anybody today, uh, Paul, that if in fact uh, everybody votes along with Theresa May's deal, it goes through? Can you promise that it won't become a customs union, that it won't be finessed by those people who are Remainer MPs and who are uh, very much on the side of wanting to have much closer ties to the EU rather than less close ties? That they will continue to morph that as best they can into what they want it to be. So clearly, I can't promise what is you know anything in the future. What I can say though 
is that as someone campaigned to leave, so because we, I, I'm confident of our country's ability to actually do trade deals around the world and to uh, reflect the fact that we're the fifth largest economy, if we can't sort out the EU to get the kind of bespoke trade deal that we that we actually want and that we all campaign to believe we can do, we're going to get steamrolled when it comes to America, India, yep. China, these sort of things. We've got to have confidence in our own ability to get a bespoke deal, not just roll over to a, a customs union. The other problem that I'm hearing from certain uh, Conservative Party uh, sort of bigwigs is that basically if we don't leave the European Union after all of this, after all the shouting, after all the fighting, after all the demos, after the referendum, after all the time that's been spent in Parliament debating it, we as a nation are going to be completely and utterly at the mercy of the European Union for the rest of time because whenever they decide to make us do something, we'll have to do it. Yeah, and uh, it's you've got two factors. You've got the democratic um, um, c- concerns that you're going to have with the 17.4 million people that left and finding out that that's just being overturned. Mm. But you're absolutely right. Those people that were voted to stay in the EU... Uh, they should not be any, any illusion that there was that was a status quo because the EU is Im- evolving all the time. And can you imagine if you say say to someone like Martin Selmayr, the guy that's likely to be the next president mm. after Juncker? Well, you know, we we spent two and a half years, three years trying to leave the EU. You couldn't even be bothered to go and do it. You know, all those EU reforms you want. Forget that. It's my way or the highway. Well, it's not clearly not the highway. Yeah. You just have to suck it up. Yeah, well, exactly right. And so nobody will ever danger. believe inside danger. of the Brussels kind of temple of doom, as I call that, that you will, you know, every any threat that we ever make again about, well, we're not going to back that or else we're going to leave. They're going to go, you're not going to leave. You already tried leaving once and yeah. look what happened. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Brussels is, uh, as the project is very different from the 28 mm. member states. The 28 member states have got a domestic audience to uh, to, to, to uh, please and to yeah. talk to as well. But the, the, the Brussels machinery doesn't. It, and the that, Brussels machinery will get bigger, uh, we'll get stronger, and we'll get more uh, federalist, and more and more as time goes on, and I've said this to people before, uh, and I said it also to Andrew Bridgen, that, you know, the, the idea of uh, leaving having many different sort of fingers, so does Remain, because Remain also is not being properly explained, and if we do understand anything about the European Union, it wants to expand, it likes the idea of a federalist uh, state, it wants to be the United States of Europe, that's where they would take us, and that's not being explained properly, I don't think. And you just said that, you know, these MPs who are Remainer MPs were elected, uh, you know, to do the job that they're doing. They weren't actually. They were not elected to stand in the way of a democratically arrived at decision in a referendum. Well, they? no, no, you're absolutely right. Eighty percent of um, people voted at the 2017 election for manifestos that included getting rid of the customs yep. union and getting rid of the single market. Yeah. Um, but people are thwarting that because they, 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 some. It's the paucity of ambition in Parliament that's really concerned me over the mm. last couple of years. They don't feel confident in their own ability, so they do want to roll over and just stay within the EU, yeah. not for any love of the EU, but because they just can't see any uh, alternative yeah. as being on our own but I just say to people like Andrew and other people that are digging in you know this is this, this is really last chance saloon now if we don't it do really this, is but we've heard the trouble is you know the crying wolf scenario I'm not suggesting that you're one of those but you know we hear this all the time it's the last chance saloon it's the 11th hour let me ask you one final question which has two parts one if Theresa May loses this vote today is she finished does she have to resign if so who are you backing as the next leader uh, to be fair, I, I haven't even started thinking about that. Yeah, I yeah. No, I genuinely haven't. I started doing the same thing the last time. I actually just really um, s- sat back and waited to see everybody that's coming forward. There's going to be a whole load of people come, coming forward, I'm sure, but we'll see that when, when the time comes. Does she have to go if she loses the vote tonight? I don't think so, um, but clearly she's going to go pretty soon. 
Uh, but I don't think she has to go tonight because it doesn't really solve anything because otherwise we have a six-week leadership election at a time when we haven't got time to talk to ourselves. Mm. We need to be talking for the country. OK, Paul, thank you very much indeed. Paul Scully there, uh, a Tory MP for Sutton. And, of course, a man who will back Theresa May's deal tonight. We still think it might be close. We don't know yet. Too close to call. Too early to say at the very uh, moment that we are sitting here. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Across the UK, online and on DAB. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Get up to the minute news flashes, instant reaction and expert analysis from some of the biggest names in Westminster. Order. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Live from Westminster on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham in association with The Times. It's politics tamed. We've got Damien Collins with us here. We've got a whole host uh, of you who want to get on and talk to us about what you think is going on. 0344 499 1000. It is March the 29th. It was supposed to be the day that we were leaving the European Union. We are clearly not leaving the European Union, but the weather's got a lot better, I have to say. Uh, almost metropolitanly Mediterranean, you might say. Uh, before we go anywhere else, though, let's crash- check in with Ross Kempsell, uh, Talk Radio's political editor, uh, who's got a little bit of breaking news for us. Ross, a very yeah. good... Uh, morning welcome back good morning mike i understand in the past few moments from sources close to dominic Raab that he is planning to come out and back the withdrawal agreement today a little bit later today not not confirmed yet but from very good sources telling me that mr Raab will change his position now he had previously been the major brexiteer candidate potentially for leader who had held out and was looking like he was going to back a no deal exit and run on a no deal platform i'm told that he will be standing up in the commons uh, shortly in the debate and will be making his uh, pitch now if that does happen that's a significant development for the prime minister again it's another example of a senior brexiter backing the withdrawal agreement today the other key issue i should report to you is just what is happening the latest on the vote i think things were looking pretty positive for the government this morning certainly according to government sources things were moving well uh, that was because the amendment in the name of lisa nandy and gareth snell which is about uh, uh, allowing parliament to have a greater degree of control in the political declaration in the future relationship that's designed to get more Labour MPs on, on side. It looked as if Geoffrey Cox was making some movement in his statement uh, towards backing that as he opened the debate. If the Prime Minister says something more strongly on that later, there is still a chance. But now I'm looking at Labour MPs who are telling me that actually they are minded not to vote for the withdrawal agreement today, including Lisa Nandy and also Melanie On, who is uh, another key Labour figure in this, who's a shadow cabinet minister. So uh, there are 
uh, there are significant doubts actually over whether this was is, is going to be as close as it looked this morning. And I think the government's briefing now was an attempt to uh, allow Labour MPs to think that this was this was closer than perhaps it is. But we'll have to wait and see for two thirty. Okay, Damien, um, welcome to the show once more. Um, we are supposedly in a time of great historical um, enactments. Um, is this going to be yet another damp squib? Because an awful lot of the big meaningful votes that we've thought we're going to get a big result in have turned out not to be quite as uh, meaningful as we thought in the first place. I think this is going to be closer. I mean, the first two meaningful votes were that there was never a chance they were going to they were going to um, go through. I think today it's you know it's a long shot. I think for the prime minister again that this will get through. Um, there will be a lot more people vote backing it. As I said earlier on, I will be voting for it for the first time this time. And I think that's I think what people can see now is that. This deal is, you know, is poor in many ways, and in some ways, the prime minister, in falling on her sword, is I think is acknowledging her own um, responsibility for the mess that we're in at the moment, and that it needs new leadership to, to try and find a way out of it. But if this doesn't, if this withdrawal agreement doesn't get through, what are what are the reasonable options? The House has demonstrated on many occasions now that it will it will seek to stop a No Deal Brexit happening. Um, if you look at the votes from the the results of the indicative votes earlier in the week, you'd probably say, well, the chances are. There, there might be a push to try and get a permanent customs union as part of the deal. Now, my big concern about the backstop in the current withdrawal agreement is it could lead to that, but it's, I might as well take the risk that it might not, rather than um, see a customs union Brexit, which would guarantee that that was the case. Well, the alternative could be a second referendum, and I think um, that would could rip this country apart, mm. the politics of this country apart. So the dam the concerns I've got about the withdrawal agreement stand but in some ways the risks now have shifted. The risks of it not going through appear to be greater than, it, than the risks of it going through. The problem of course for all of the people watching this from afar, mm. i.e. the rest of the country who are not sitting down here in this glorious yeah. sunshine is that they see everything shifting all the time. You know, one thing, you know, one day is an absolute must, an absolute certainty and if this doesn't happen then this will happen and then suddenly the next day the move has, has changed everything and yeah. so um, like now for example we seem to be arguing much much more about the second phase of what happens if we get this deal passed rather yes. than um, you know if this deal gets passed everything's locked down everything's agreed and nothing can be changed we're now hearing from the Labour Party they're concerned that a Tory MP uh, who becomes the next leader who might be more of a, a hard Brexiteer will change the agreement into such a, a thing that will be harder than they want it to be we're also hearing now from Andrew Bridget and his people that he's worried that a new Tory MP leader might actually soften it so you know we are it seems to me that there is literally no end in sight well there's no end in sight is if, 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 if your end point is perfect happiness. Mm. If your end point is everyone will it's be happy. It's always my end point. Yeah, I'm exactly. always striving for it. <laughs> if, 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 remember, if my colleagues in Parliament think that we're going to get to a position, ultimately, that probably any of us are 100% happy with, then I think they're deluding themselves. Yeah. You know, we are going to have to try. If we want to try and save uh, the politics of this country uh, and our parliamentary democracy, we've got to, try, got to try and find a way of coming together. And that's going to mean that for people that are totally unreconciled to the result of the referendum, they're going to have to accept the fact we're going to leave. And that for hardline Brexiteers, they're going to have to accept the fact that initially the sort of Brexit they thought they were going to get is not going to be quite the yeah. same. But we will have left. And we've got to work together to deliver that. The, the mess we're in at the moment, a lot of people say oh, the MPs can't make it their mind. What the House of Commons is trying to do is desperately trying to make sense of an awful mess created by the government, uh, of the whole negotiation process. I think when we look back in this after a period of time, we'll say for a Prime Minister who had no majority... Um, and in particular, couldn't you know was pursuing a policy which would never get the support of of unionist politicians in Northern Ireland, to pursue a strategy of trying to st to stiffen it through the House of Commons, 
by running down the clock, presenting things at the last minute, hoping to use the fear of what would happen if we didn't accept it to get it through, was always going to be doomed to failure. She's had a bluff called so many yeah. times yeah. now. I'm surprised she's got any yeah. bluff left, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but she's still doing it. I mean, today we're going to see another example, at half past two, of her asking for you guys to vote for the exact same thing that you've already voted against. Yes, and some of us will. Some of us will, you know, reluctantly. Which makes uh, her right then, maybe. Well, but, but not enough. And that's, that's the problem. Because yeah. uh, if you bore the numbers down, if you haven't got the DUP support, the group of Conservative MPs will never support this agreement. There's been no serious and sustained attempt to try and get a group, a decent-sized group of Labour MPs or MPs from other parties to back it. Without that, the numbers have never been there, and that's and for and we look back now and say, why didn't you know why wasn't the withdrawal agreement presented in November? I mean, nothing has changed in this agreement since it was first presented. Why did we leave it so late to actually start the process of engaging Parliament with with the reality of where we were? agree with uh, Damien and one of the key issues in the Whip's office has also been engagement with Labour MPs and that's coming to roost today. Uh, we talk a lot about how the centre and how Theresa May and number 10 and number 9 have failed to engage with Tory backbenchers and that's, that's analysed a lot but actually what really matters today again is securing Labour rebels on the deal and at the moment the Prime Minister has made something of a misstep with the Labour strategy because this was supposed to be the week where the fear of no deal, of a no deal exit today would force round 30 or more Labour MPs to back the deal, perhaps even more on, on that situation. And secondly, by announcing future plans in order to appease Tory Brexit rebels, the Prime Minister has actually alienated some Labour, uh, potential Labour rebels because they now fear that uh, the Prime Minister, if they back the deal, they will be handing the Prime Minister a free pass to give power to, for example, Boris Johnson and mm. to put somebody like that in number 10, yeah. who Labour MPs obviously are even less likely to do. So if you were to remain backing Labour MP, actually, despite the Nandi uh, Snell plan when you when you think about it in the final analysis there's very little reason why you would back the withdrawal agreement today on its own I think, I think as well if you were a, a Labour MP in that position you would think oh, well actually we, we, we could come back on Monday and have another go at trying to get yeah. permanent customs union deal through you know which they'd probably be quite happy with so that looks like where we're going because mm. my next question my final question to you was going to be Damien in the event that it doesn't happen today that she doesn't win today which is beginning to sound like that's what's going to happen you know, what, what does happen next? Does she have to resign? Does she have to hand over the reins of power to somebody else? Do you want somebody else in there who can make this work? Well, I mean, she's, she's, she's offered her resignation and that, and she should Yeah, but go. even that hasn't worked, really, has it? Well, no, it hasn't. I mean, in terms of getting people over the line, I mean, she, she has to go because I, think, I, think, I don't think she can credibly lead the process any, any further. I mean, where we will be on Monday, if this doesn't go through, is really looking at the options of, you know, the Ken Clark Amendment, you know, Customs Union mm. membership um, a lengthy delay or um, a second referendum. I think those become the only three options. Yeah, and that makes the people behind us who are making more and more noise today than they've made for a while uh, pretty angry. And that is not going to be a good place for Britain to be. Well, no, but people have a right to be angry about... uh, I think almost regardless of how you vote in the referendum, you've got a right to be angry about where we are now. But then once once you've enjoyed your anger for a bit, you've got to think about, well, what is a country? What do we do next? And I think we desperately need to try and bring the country together, you know, um, bring Parliament back together around a coherent strategy for the future, which delivers Brexit, maybe not in the form that people wanted, but at least gets us over that hurdle, and then we can start to think about many other issues that the country faces and needs to need to tackle. David Collins, thank you very much indeed. This is the Independent Republican, Mike Graham. You're listening to an awful lot of different views this morning. I want to hear from you as well. 0344 499 1000. We are here in Westminster. We are here all day. Matthew Wright's going to be here after me from 1 till 4 as well. This is Talk Radio. Now, in a 
perfect world, which of course we don't live in, ten and a half hours from now we'd be leaving the European Union. Uh, and in fact, I was booked on a flight to go to Athens uh, so that I could land in Athens when we'd already left the European Union and see if it made any difference, which of course it wouldn't have done, although some people would have said I couldn't come back. Well, I wouldn't have minded that, to be honest, but it's a lovely day here on the College Green. I'm sitting here with Nick Dubois. Ross Kempsell's here with me as well. I'm going to take some calls, though, first. Malcolm's in Oxford. Let's see uh, what he wants to say. Malcolm, a very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, Mike, and thank you for taking my call today. Not at all. What would you like to say? Well, two years ago, on May the 3rd, I was 65 years of age, and I was driving through Kidlington, which is part of Oxfordshire, Uh when I saw um, Tim Farron, and um, didn't realise that they were on the television, Mm. and I actually confronted him. Right. And told him that uh, I didn't like being told as an ardent lever that I didn't know what I was doing. Yes. And I actually went public for the, fir- uh, uh, for the first time, I would vote Conservative. And I came out with the saying, strong and stable. Okay. Wasn't I wrong? Uh, I'm afraid so, on both counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, the thing is, I am so disgusted with the way the people, the people are being ignored. Yes. In all of the TV programmes, and I watch a lot of programmes regarding Brexit, I'm very sad like that now, and the people are overlooked. We had the biggest turnout for any vote in this country. Yeah. We had over 74 million people. um, We had over 74% of the people voted. Yeah. And we had 17.4 million people vote for leave and those people knew what we were voting for we knew that we were going to be leaving the single market we knew that we would be leaving the customs union how did we know that because every household in the united kingdom and northern ireland had a pamphlet put through their door at a cost of nine million pounds telling us exactly what leaving meant. Yes. And yet the elite of Westminster and the bulk of the mainstream media are so biased against leaving, we are now in a situation that we should not be in. You've got an opposition leader that on the day after Article 50 was invoked said we should, or after the the, uh, referendum said we should trigger Article Article 50 straight away. An opposition leader that has never voted in favour of anything coming out of the EU, yet he, for political reasons only, is causing this country to become a laughingstock, mm. assisted by probably the worst Prime Minister this country has seen for leadership. Now, Malcolm, I can't disagree with anything you've just said. What's the answer? The answer is, I'm afraid, a general election. We can't go back to a second referendum because it will. the questions on the paper for a truly second referendum would have to be this deal or no deal. It cannot be Remain because if you have Remain on the paper, it is actually a second referendum. Yes. And the first res- referendum has not been implemented and you cannot do that. So it has to be a general election. We need a general election. And whether Brenda in Bristol 
is upset by that. We, the only way out of this is a second referendum, and I implore Nigel Farage to have the Brexit party, of which I'm going to be a member now, right. in place for a general election, and I just wish that proportional representation would give the right. Brexit party... Well, listen, some... Nigel Farage is going to be down here later on, so I'll put that to him and see if he agrees that uh, that's the way we should go. But you know, the only one who thinks a general election is the answer, um, Judith is in Somerset. Judith, what do you want to say? Well... I want to say hello, Mike, and thank you for taking my call. Nick Dubois said five minutes or so ago that if we sign this deal, that it will leave us to fight another day. I don't agree with that, simply because it's not a deal. Once it's ratified by Parliament, it's an international treaty. And the convention that you can't, a parliament can't tie a future parliament to anything, does not apply to international treaties. And we will not be able to get out of it. And like your earlier caller just now, I want to see another general election. I have okay. been a member of the Conservative Party since 1968. I am no longer a member. I didn't renew my membership this year. I will never vote for them again. Mm. I want to see a new party that represents true conservative philosophy and true conservative values. And this one is not it. They okay. are a shower. Luke, uh, Judith, let, let me let Nick answer you there because he's still here. Judith, hello. Good morning. Good morning. I think the, different, the difference is, and the point I was trying to make, is that the withdrawal agreement that they are voting on today simply does the following. It does sign us up to pay some money. You're right about that. It settles citizens' rights, which I think is important. And it has that thing called the backstop, which none of us really like. But it does not say a single thing about what type of future relationship we have with the EU. It does not determine that. It's been separated from that. So the view going around here at Westminster at the moment is we can get out by just signing the withdrawal agreement. And then from Monday, the hope and the belief is of the Conservatives that they can shape it so we only have a free trade agreement, so we're not tied to their rules and regulations. And I think it's worth distinguishing that today is like a football match. The first half is get the divorce done without agreeing a close working relationship. So I think that it is understandable by why a lot of MPs are keen to just vote so they can honour their commitment to come out. But it is not signing up to the sort of deal that you and I, by the sounds of it, don't like. Nick, do you not agree that it is, once it is ratified by Parliament, it will have international treaty status? Yes, I do. But you see, the only thing that you're ratifying in this treaty is to leave and pay them some money. You're not signing up to anything in the future. That's why it's only the withdrawal agreement. That's why it's been split up. In other That's words. why it's been split yeah. up. So it's, you're right to say what you're saying, Judith, about uh, the original uh, plan, which had two parts to it, which was not only the withdrawal agreement, but also the future relationship. What Nick's saying is that now the future relationship's been taken off the table and we're only now voting on one part of it. It's not binding in the same way. I'm sorry, Mike, I don't agree. The political agreement, I've read both the withdrawal deal 
and the political agreement. The political agreement is nothing. It's nothing. It's just a list of aspirations. I may as well stick in that political agreement that I want to be five foot ten and twenty four. <laughs> what do you mean you're not five foot ten and twenty four? The political agreement is a nothing. This treaty that we sign, once it's ratified, will be an international treaty in law. And not only does it not allow us to get out, we have no say. It's the EU that has the say over when we can have our fisheries back, over when we can have our finances back, over when we can have our laws back, under all the various articles that are in that withdrawal agreement. And they don't have to decide until 2021 at the earliest and 2099 at the latest. That well, that's a very long way off, isn't it? Listen, agreement. Judith, listen, I'm very happy to, to talk to you some more about this. We can't do it right now because we're out of time. But listen, do keep in touch. Do call us next week because I think we'll have a bit more clarity after the vote this afternoon and we'll find out precisely what we're signing up to. My belief is we won't be signing up to anything because I don't think it's going to go through, to be honest. It's 12.52. It's Friday, March the 29th. Just a little over 10 hours until we don't leave the European Union. But still, it's time for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Perrier Awards. And some special new music con for the uh, Perrier Awards down at the uh, Tent of Shame. First time ever uh, to be doing them down here live. Con uh, Mendes, our producer, is here. Uh, fresh from the Con Mendes Olympics of yesterday, uh, which we probably shouldn't mention, uh, but yeah, available on Twitter later on. Yes, good afternoon and welcome to the Perriers, <laughs> live for the first time from Westminster. Yes. As you will know, the Perry Awards is where we look back over the past week mm. of the so-called Republic of Mike... Independent, uh, Independent Republic, Republic of Mike fight. Graham. God's uh, sake. So unlike a certain group of politicians in our immediate vicinity... Let's get on with it. Let's do um, it. Our first pair goes to you, Mike. Thank you you. Win the award Tremendous. for most needless clarification of the week. Republic of Mike Graham, we are live in Westminster and it's getting hotter and hotter by the minute here. I've had to take my jumper off. It's the first time I've sat here just in a shirt and a jacket and trousers, of course, before any of you start making jokes. I'm not just sitting here uh, in a jacket and a tie and all that sort of thing. Well, because if I hadn't said that, some idiot would have put on Twitter, oh, you're not wearing any trousers, are you? Oh, well, we'll see. That's why we have to do it. <laughs> um, you also get your hands on the Perrier for correction of the week. Thank you. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, right here on the tent, uh, oh, sorry, in the tent of shame, uh, on College Green. <laughs> tent Radio. Could be a new name. Uh, well, from clarification and correction, now to clarity. Congratulations to Chief Political Commentator of the Independent, um, John Rental. Uh, in this confusing world of terms and legal agreements, Mr. Rental wins the Perrier for Clarity of the Week. And, well, they keep telling us that's what they are doing. They, they? say they say that they uh, that I mean, well, they don't say this, but what they say is actually what the Prime Minister is proposing. Whatever that means. Well done, John. <laughs> Welcome back any time. Stephen Bray wins the next Perry Award. You may not recognise his name, but you will recognise his voice, no doubt. Uh, he wins Interruption of the Week. However, you know, we see these manoeuvres going on all the time now, and they don't seem to be getting anywhere. The process is in a stasis and has been in a parliamentary... back, by the way. <laughs> I mean, he is very irritated. There's loads more of them here today, by the way. They're yeah. all shouting and bawling at the top of their voices. Yeah, it's a festival atmosphere, mm. if that festival was being shut down. Yes. Uh, Dr. Sarah Williston now, a uh, member of the newly formed the TIG group, wins the much-coveted Peria for Noise of the Week. 
Sarah Wollaston, a very principled woman, uh, also has a crystal ball as well. Isn't that great? <laughs> this is loving Brexit. It's, right. it's much nicer Ooh. if the sunshine is... <laughs> See, this is a talent that I have that you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Making people go. make funny noises. <laughs> um, well, as you've said, Mike, uh, all these Brexit shenanigans yes. are starting to frazzle everyone uh, in the country's head. Mm. That includes Mark in Castleford, who wins wrong namer of the week. The point I want to make, Mark, is... Uh, Mark, sorry, that's my name. Mike is... <laughs> the Mark is your name, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I know. He's, He's right, though. It was his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go now to the contributor of the week. Uh, you will know Ken in Newcastle is no stranger to this show, and you may be thinking, well, hang on, he hasn't called in this week. Well, you're right, because listen carefully, and you can hear he's gone uh, the length he's gone to, literally from Newcastle, to be on the show. Yeah. So MPs could actually begin to engage with the questions. That's him in, in the, the background, background vaguely, yeah. just about, yeah. Yes, uh, Ronnie Campbell, uh, Ronnie Campbell, sorry, uh, MP for Blythe Valley, made his debut on the show uh, here in the Tent of Shame. And with him, he bought a bit of drama. He wins the Perrier for Suspense of the Week. If, if it's a safe Labour seat, then, you know, if he's standing for Labour, he's going to get re-elected, isn't he? Well, let's <laughs> wait and see. <laughs> wait and see. Uh, and Mike, are you wearing a new arse to shave? Uh, no. Oh, well, whatever it is, Ronnie seemed to notice something. Uh, he wins Sniffer of the Week. We're going to talk now to Ronnie Campbell, a Labour MP for Blythe Valley. Uh, voted against the Let Win uh, movement last night. Are you sure that was him? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Are you sure it wasn't Ross Kempsell? <laughs> well, he was sniffing around earlier. Oh, right? I see, I see. Well, he um, might have got that one wrong. Um, a joint award now. Uh, whilst Ronnie Campbell seemed to want to get uh, a nice and close whiff of you, uh, yourself, Nick Devoir, and Owen Smith were the opposite. What, they a win- joint award? Yeah, I'm yeah, afraid with, so. With a Blairite as well. <laughs> yeah. They win the perrier for uh, distancing themselves from Mike. You can't but just go was, around, but, can you, going yeah. through life saying, I wish I'd been more honest. You can just say that to your wife. I wish I'd been more honest with you before. But please believe me now when I tell you that I'm just going out to the pub uh, and I'm not going to meet my ex-girlfriend. I'm really not going to get drunk. And this time, I promise you, it'll be fine. I hope you're not talking about can, me. Well, can, I'm not. Can I, just, I mean, you know, that's where we are. disassociate myself Certainly. entirely from and, those and remarks? <laughs> Amazing how nervous politicians get when you start talking about ex-girlfriends. <laughs> but there we are. Um, one for you again, Mike. You in the period for not learning your lesson about saying things that can be taken out of context. Mm. I'm no great supporter of polls. I'm, I'm, I'm never keen to rely too heavily on them. <laughs> Yeah, I did, I did get into trouble with that one before. Yeah. Um, Still true. Mm, yes, <laughs> the last two awards go to the same person, I believe. And forgive me if I'm wrong, this is a first-time caller. Richard in Manchester gave a very impassioned call on Monday. During it, he won the Perrier for Numbers Man of the Week for telling us exactly how close the results of the EU referendum were. And when I hear people like Ben, his father would turn in his grave to yep. hear him turning down the 17.4 people majority that we have voted Closer to than leave. we thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really was. And uh, Richard also wins the uh, ever-returning impression of the week for nailing Mark Sager's famous commentary on the Frank Lampard disallowed goal from the 2010 World Cup. Say it's a disaster. It's a disaster if we come out with no deal. It's a goal! 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 It's a disaster! It's a goal! It's a disaster! The biggest disaster ever. <laughs> That's it for the Perry Awards. Well There'll done. be more next week. The Perrier Awards. 
on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.